this week's episode of the XI Network podcast, we discuss week five of the English Premier League, Liverpool's unbeaten run of form so far, Spurs steamrolled Crystal Palace, United's victory against Leicester, and an upset in Norwich. All that and more coming up on the XI Network podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the XI Network Podcast. I am your host, Justin Borrow, and with me today is just the one, the only, Peter Robinson. Support local football, but uh, today we're supporting the EPL. Yes, the Premier League in England. I'm actually so excited, man. I mean, it's only a two-man show today. Chengiz could not make it, uh, so it's going to just sort of be a little bit back and forth between you and I, but that's okay, man. We can... uh, We'll make up for the lack of British accents here on this podcast. <laughs> Don't try well, to do we'll a British try. accent. <laughs> oh, I won't. I won't. We've been over this. When I do accents, it comes off borderline racist, and we don't want that. <laughs> uh, but uh, did you have a chance to watch a lot of the games this weekend? Uh, I actually did. Yeah. Luckily, my uh, my job gives me the, the opportunity to watch games while I'm at work as well as uh, before work because I don't work till later in the day. So, yeah, it was actually pretty good. Uh, a lot of the games... Um, were very exciting a lot of the games had some results that i didn't expect um and a lot of the games kind of ruined my betting cards so let's put it that <laughs> yeah, way <laughs> i bet I, I, I can think of one in particular that probably ruined everyone's oh yeah everybody's cards. yeah it was a lock <laughs> but i i want to know what you think uh what do you what do you think about the zone so far like are, are you are you sold on the idea or are you not sold on the idea so i'm kind of on the fence about the zone um you, myself, and Chengiz, um, we went to, what was it called again? Shakespeare's? What was it? Yeah, Shakespeare's for the Champions League final that they oh, were showing. Oh, Hemingway's. 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 That's Hemingways. what it was. One of those writer names. I don't remember which one it was. Um, <laughs> for the Champions League final. And they it was obviously on DAZN. And the feed kept on cutting out. And the internet kept cutting yeah. out. Uh, so we were losing parts of the game. And... It, if you're somebody who gets the score updates on your phone, uh, you already knew what was happening. And you already knew to be very disappointed if you're a Spurs supporter. Um, and I kind of have the same beef with it this year is that it's a streaming service. And unless you have gigabit internet, like great internet service, you're going to be laggy. You're going to be behind. And I've also found that you can't go between games. So if I want to go between, say, like the Spurs match and then the United match, if I try to go back to the Spurs match, it takes me to some, like, splash page that's just, like, the DAZN music in the background with, like, different players on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I have to cancel the app or, like, close the app and then reopen it and choose the game I want. It's just a little bit frustrating. I get that we can choose whatever game we want, but at the same time, there's frustrations with it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, and I know that when we were at Hemingway's, Hemingway's for the Champions League final, that that was a huge issue where it, it was, you know, and I, now we don't know whether it was the internet at the restaurant or if it was DAZN itself, but like you said, if uh, because of that lag, if you got updates in your phone, then it automatically kind of, you know, ruined it for you in that sense. Um, I wasn't really sold on the idea of it, of it going to a streaming service. I didn't like it. I, I, I enjoyed being able to watch it on cable TV. <clears throat> But the one thing I want to say that I have really enjoyed, especially this year, 
um, is the ability to kind of the games that I don't really care too much about um, to be able to kind of open up the game after it's finished and it already has like the it, it pins where each of the match highlights are so whether it's a goal or a card or whatever and that way you can kind of just quickly get to it see the goal or see the card whatever it was the big moment and then you can kind of get through the game quickly um, and that way you're kind of caught up I found that before you know if I missed a game I'd have to either go on YouTube or try to find a stream of it somewhere and then fast forward through it uh, so I found that gets just a little bit more user friendly in that sense um, so I, I'll be honest I wasn't sold on it at the beginning of the year um, but I'm starting to kind of get sold on it I like that you know during halftime and commercial breaks there's you know sort of um, these little mini movies or, or mini sort of docu-series on the different teams that are playing or certain players or or like they'll show you like all the goals that um, you know Spurs have ever scored against Crystal Palace or something like that so I do enjoy sort of like those little mini series and you know it's a lot of good uh, footy content that we can go and watch um, but yeah, no, I was just sort of curious to see, I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, what my thoughts are on the zone and whether they should get it. I had a guy actually stop me at a restaurant. I was out for dinner and, uh, he asked me, he saw my United, my United Jersey, he asked where I watched the game. And I said, I was on the zone and, you know, he told me he's a Spurs fan from England. Um, and that, uh, he just kind of came here and wanted to watch the games and wasn't sure whether he should, uh, invest in getting the zone. Uh, and I told him that I thought that it was worth it. You know, I said, get the one month free. And if you don't love it, so then you could always just cancel the subscription, right? But speaking of the matches, uh, let's jump right into it, man. So we'll start with uh, Spurs Crystal Palace. Uh, pretty straightforward win. 4-0 victory for Spurs. Uh, Sun with a brace. Uh, Van Anholt with the own goal. And then Lamella made it 4 um, Spurs dominated the match with possession, 64% to 35. Uh, and, and I mean, it was never in doubt. Would you say this was the most complete performance from Spurs that we've seen in a long time? Um, I'd say it's back to Spurs being Spurs. Uh, I know we missed them for a little while. Um, you know, the game against Arsenal, I, I don't really feel like the, the team played that well. Um, and... You know, the, the Man City game, I don't feel like the team played that well. Um, there's just a lot of, there were a lot of questions actually from Spurs supporters about this year's squad um, and Mauricio Pochettino after those first few games. Um, and I think after this match, those have kind of been put to rest a little bit, um, at least for now. But again, it it, it was a very counter-attacking game. Spurs did show their quality in passing. They showed their quality in midfield. They showed their quality in attacking as well as uh, like Toby and Jan at the back were just immense. Um, the whole game, Serge Aurier had a great game, which uh, is kind of keeping Kyle Walker Peters out of the, out of the team right now that Serge Aurier is playing so well. Uh, yeah. And as much as I'm not an Eric Lamella fan, he did score. So I mean, I'll take it. I'll take I'll take a goal <laughs> if I can get one from Eric Lamella. The team just seemed very cohesive. They they seemed to gel that game. Uh, I mean, you know, if you look at Crystal Palace when they played Man U, it, you know, they I don't want to say because it, it's hard to say because it was did Spurs play that good? Did Crystal Palace play that bad? Um, I don't think Crystal Palace played particularly bad. I just think that Spurs had a a comprehensive match where they the entire team was in sync. They were gelling. They were playing well. Their passing was on point. Um, you know, every, uh, all 11 players came to play. 
Uh, and the, it was a team performance. And we haven't seen that from Spurs in a while. You know, we've seen um, hints of it, you know, throughout a game. You'll see it for, for sort of long bouts of a game or short bouts in the game. But then it seems to kind of fall off at some point. Whereas in this match, it kind of seemed to be for the entire 90 minutes, the team was playing as a team. And it shows in the scoreline. And it was one of those times where it was like, finally, Spurs are putting the ball in the back of the net. You know, Son is finally back after missing the two first games of the season. Um, I think he's finally starting to hit his stride. Obviously, there was the Van Anholt uh, own goal. Um, but, like, let's not take anything away from the Spurs attack. It looked dangerous every single time they were they were coming down on Crystal Palace. And realistically, Benteke really didn't do much. Uh, the Palace attack really didn't do much. Um, so it, it was really an easy day for for uh, Ugo Lloris. Um, Absolutely. And I, and I think that that's the, the, the big thing for Spurs is that, um, you know, they've never really had an issue over the last couple of years um, putting the ball in the back of the net. Um, they've, they've had some issues with doing it um, consistently, but they, they seem to have always had that attacking power, but it was defensively where the team seemed to fall apart. Uh, and this match sort of seemed to be a, a, a good turning point for them where they, they showed that they can defend cohesively and keep the ball out of their back of their net and, and defend their goalkeeper. Uh, and, I, and I think that's a, a great sign for Spurs. Um, they're sitting right now in third place in the table uh, on eight points tied with United uh, who are down in fourth. Uh, and so, I mean, you know, it's, it's a great start, great place to be. Uh, and I, I think that we're excited to see more from Spurs. But uh, let's jump now to the United-Leicester game. Uh, that game finished 1-0 off a Marcus Rashford penalty. Um, I mean, United played really well. Uh, I mean, Leicester had their chances. Uh, I think that if you had asked a lot of people before the game, they would have probably um, coined Leicester to take the victory on this one or pull out a draw at least. Um, but they just seemed to fail to capitalize. I mean, Jamie Vardy had a great match. Um, Madison had a great match. But they just they just couldn't seem to, to get the ball um, in any sort of dangerous spots. Uh, United defended really well. Um, now, would you say that this sort of takes the pressure off of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer right now? Because let's be honest, a lot of eyes were on him. The beginning of the season has not been great for United. Um, and so would you say that uh, this victory kind of, uh, for now at least, turns the uh, the talking point elsewhere and, and kind of takes the, uh, the focus off of him? I mean, yeah, you have to think that. Um, you know, anytime you pick up three points, it takes a little bit of pressure off off the manager and especially when you know when he's he's made buys like Daniel James um you know early earlier in the season and I mean Harry Maguire's been been pretty good for United as well and you know giving enough confidence to David De Gea that he goes and signs a contract extension that's huge for the team it's it's immense for the whole squad and it goes to show how much uh confidence they have in what they're what they're building um obviously there's there's a little bit of ground to be gained, I guess you could say, in the possession game. Leicester obviously had, you know, 58% possession. But yeah, United edged them on shots. So, I mean, you really have to think that they, they are an attacking squad. As much as we hate to say it, they're an attacking squad. Uh, and Absolutely. Yeah. And, and Daniel James has looked great. Uh, I mean, three goals, five appearances for the team. You know, he's young, he's fast. Um, I think that, you know, you, you, you team him up with Marcus Rashford and you have a really dangerous attacking um, forward team that um, I think that you're you're going to see a lot of quality in, in our finishing. Uh, it's defensively where they need to sort of uh, continue to be strong. And I, I think that this match was a great example of that. Harry Maguire was a great pickup. Um, 
very happy that Man City chose not to uh, to pay the price tag. Uh, I think that you know we we made a good choice there. Um, and I, I, I do think that there's still going to be a few questions of, of Solskjaer that's going to be asked. But I think that with what happened in um, at Carroll Road, which we're going to get to soon, I think that that also really helped um, sort of turn the talking point away from United, away from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and gives him sort of this week to uh, sort of reset, get the team going, and hopefully pull another three points next week. And I think that's what they need. You know, if, if United is going to challenge for champions league football again they have to pick up three points week after week um and they can't be dropping you, you can't drop especially with the way that the top four is now with uh city liverpool spurs and whoever is going to be that fourth squad um you know it, it's wide open right now it could be could be leicester could be everton could be uh, arsenal could be chelsea could be united so you know you have to pick up the wins when they're available against teams like uh, Lester, who you're going to be ch- uh, challenging for that fourth spot, especially at home. You know you can't be going to Old Trafford and dropping points. Um, and and with how tight the table has become over the last couple of years, every point matters. And we're going to get to that a little bit later on when we talk about the Norwich City game. And and we're going to talk now about uh, Liverpool Newcastle. So that game finished three one. Um, there was an early goal by Newcastle's Jetro Williams, um, you know, kind of set Liverpool back, but immediately they, they kind of bounced right back. I have a question for you. Is Sadio Mane ever going to stop scoring goals? Because it seems like you cannot stop him anymore. He's he's unstoppable. I think he has taken over Mohamed Salah for being um, the, you know, the goal scorer for Liverpool. Uh, four goals in five games. What else can you say about this guy? I mean, obviously, Mane is benefiting from the, the immense uh, top three or attacking three that Liverpool has. I think Firmino is actually probably the the linchpin to their scoring. Um, a lot of people don't talk about how big Roberto Firmino is for that for that attack. Um, you know, he makes good runs, he sets them up, he takes a defender with him, and he allows them the isolation that they need on those one on ones. And when you have people as quick as Salah and Mane, it's very easy for them to uh, to beat their players and, and get a shot off. And it's working. Um, you know, Mane obviously had a little bit of a, a spaz out on the sideline after uh, I think he thought that Salah should have passed him the ball um, that one yes. time uh, a couple weeks ago. But you know what? From It, it doesn't seem to hurt them. They, they work really well no. together. So... I'm just expecting more from them. Absolutely. And it's nice to see that their form has not dropped from the end of last season. Uh, you know, they, they there was that great run at the end there. You know, they just fell short with City, uh, who took the lead, the league. Uh, and then they went into Champions League, you know, beat Spurs, RIP. Sorry, Peter. Um, <laughs> and then uh, it seems that this year they, they sort of have just continued in their stride. They haven't lost a step. Um, they're now undefeated in five games. They're clear at the top of the table on 15 points, five points up ahead on City, which we're going to get to next. Um, I mean, I, I think at this point it's safe to say that it's it's right now Liverpool's to lose. Um, it's hard to see them slowing down or stopping. I, I think that Champions League um, and the pressures of that could um, definitely 
cause a fumble or a misstep. So I think it's going to be important to watch that over the next couple of weeks. Um, but I mean, right now it just seems like there's no stopping this Liverpool team. And and I mean, it's hard to, to say right now because we're so early in, but I, I think that it's definitely plausible to think that this Liverpool team could finally, you know, win the Premier League. Can we just say something that Jetro Williams sounds like a country artist from like the, the 40s? <laughs> Does not sound like he should be a striker for Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> Jetro Williams. I was think I was thinking it almost sounds like um uh, what's the son's name from the Jetsons? Leroy? Um, <laughs> is it Leroy? I think it's Leroy. Leroy yeah. Jetson? Yeah, Leroy Jetson. I don't know why, but as soon as I said Jetro Williams, the Jetsons came into my head. So but yeah, no, I could definitely see country singer as well. <laughs> uh but it was a great goal. Uh Newcastle, um, you know, it was a great build up play and, and they kind of just caught Liverpool sleeping a little bit. Um, I mean, it woke them up. But um, now, I just want to quickly talk about that. Do you think that there's a chance that Newcastle maybe scored too early? Um, because they, they do say that if you scored, you know, too early in a game, sometimes you, you know, there's a little bit of complacency that sets in, uh, or you wake the other team up and, you know, they come at you full force. Um, I feel like, you know, Newcastle was going into this game probably looking for a draw. I don't think they were expecting to win. Um, but I think that taking that early lead, they kind of just uh, invited way too much pressure onto them. Uh, and I, I think they sort of fell apart there. I mean, I think that pressure was going to come anyways, regardless of the fact that you score early or you score late. It doesn't really matter. I, I don't feel like Liverpool has, um, especially it has to be under Jurgen Klopp, said under that under Jurgen Klopp, they've just been going for the throat of every team that they play, basically. It doesn't matter who you are. Um, I, I think it doesn't matter if they scored early or late. You know, Liverpool is going to put a few by them so it, yeah. it really didn't matter i think it might have woken them up just a touch but in the grand scheme of things liverpool was going to beat newcastle let's be real yeah surprises no no you're, you're not wrong surprises yeah. don't happen in the premier league right like you know the the, <laughs> the minnow quote quote you know teams aren't supposed to beat the big teams right you know, the teams that win the Premier League aren't supposed to lose to the uh, teams that are just promoted. It doesn't happen. Wait a second. Hold on. Are you talking about something that happened on, on oh my gosh, this weekend? What happened this weekend, <laughs> Well, let's Justin? jump right into it. Let's see here. What happened this weekend, Peter? I believe uh, Norwich City beat Manchester City, the reigning Premier League champions. What? 3-2 at Carroll Road. You are crazy. Uh, <laughs> that never happened. <laughs> it definitely happened. Um, so yeah, City uh, City lost to Norwich. I remember. So I remember I was uh, leaving work. Uh, I wanted to catch the game. I saw my phone. It said Norwich City were up one nil, uh, and I definitely thought my phone was broken. Uh, and then it said. Then I thought, okay, maybe it was just like a, a bad pass out from the back, or you know, just sort of a misstep. Then I see Todd Cantwell scores, and I see that it's now 2-0 for Norwich City. And all of a sudden, my brain is going, like, what is happening in this game? Um, and I it just I couldn't believe it. When I saw the final score finished at 3-2, I mean, once I saw that Sergio Aguero scored to make it 3-1, um, I thought for sure that, you know, they were going to come back. Um and just sort of dominate Norwich at that point. But I was I was very shocked and, and happily surprised to see that Norwich were able to hold off. And I mean, let's kind of talk about this game because this game has, I mean, it's early in the season, um, but it has some big ramifications for the, the table. And we're going to talk about it. Um, but City were beaten at their own game. 
You know, everybody was saying that if, because let's be honest, for the whole, so far this year, Norwich has been playing a very wide open game, a very attacking game. They haven't shied away from, from, you know, going up against teams. Uh, we saw it against Liverpool in the opening game of the season where they were punished for it. Um, and they, they did the same thing against City. And a lot of people were saying that this was going to be a blowout. City were going to walk in and, you know, take, you know, seven goals on Norwich because they were going to just sort of be wide open and get caught. Um, but it seems that, you know, it finally paid off and um, sticking to their, their original game plan, you know, Norwich finally got the victory that they were longing for. Um, and I and they, they beat City at their own game. Um I thought that uh, Pookie and Cantwell played, you know, extremely well. Um, and even though City dominated possession, they just couldn't seem to break down Norwich. They just they couldn't seem to uh, to, to put anything together. And, and both teams were riddled with injury. It it just sort of was a it was a weird game. I think that's the best way to put it. it was it was it was strange. It wasn't expected. Is it fair to say that Timu Pookie is this year's Jamie Vardy? I definitely think that it's it's looking that way. Uh, I I feel like you know five games in it's it's hard to to say, but but I I think that he's definitely going in that direction and and he's been a, a great addition to the Premier League. He's he's a fun striker to watch. Um, you know the goals that he scores are are, are always top class. Uh, and he's just I think he's just pure quality and, and he's fun to watch. You know, I, I like Norwich. They're a team that I enjoy watching. Um, and yeah, he's uh, I definitely think that you're not far off by saying that. And it's you you kind of nailed it on the head when you said that he's a fun striker to watch because he's he torments defenses. He plays right off the right off the shoulder of the last defender he makes decent runs to open up space for everyone else on the team. You know, that's the type of striker that you want to play with. He may not score the most goals. And granted, he is scoring a lot of goals this year. He may not score the most goals, but realistically, the guy creates havoc. And that's exactly what we love about the Premier League is the amount of havoc that can be created by a big, you know, he's not even a big burly striker, but like a big striker who knows how to run to the channels and sort of split those center defenders. Um, so I'm yeah, really and, enjoying and, and watching. And it was exciting. Him. His his goal was was just phenomenal. It was a great build up play. It was it was almost like a, a tic tac toe kind of moment. You know, the ball was thrown right across the box, across the face of goal, and he was just right there to to fit it, like to put it home. But it was just it was so nicely worked from the midfield all the way up. Um, you know, Norwich really it, it wasn't a, a messy goal. It wasn't a um, you know sort of like a scramble in the box. Like it was a really well worked team play, um, and it, it it kind of made City look a little bit. Um, I don't want to say foolish, but it, it kind of made them look beatable. And it, I feel like it, it sort of let uh, a lot of the teams around the league, you know, open up their eyes to saying that, look, this city team is not invincible. And, um, you know, they definitely have some weak spots. And, and I feel like Norwich kind of helped make that obvious. Because I feel like a lot of people were looking at City like they were this invincible team that no one was ever going to be able to beat. Um, and I feel like that that sort of has gone to Liverpool now, who sort of have, have earned that title. Um, well, it's funny because even Jurgen Klopp says that City's the best team in Europe, the best team in the world. So, I mean, it's you're right when you say that it's showing the other teams in the league that they're beatable, that they're not this absolutely. invincible team that that you know are going to run over you regardless of if you're at home or if you're at at City. Um, and yeah, and it's it's very much like a David and Goliath type moment, right? So that's that's huge for the. Um, that's that's huge for the league. That's huge for 
um, for the season. And, and I, I'm really curious to see whether this game has any serious ramifications. Uh, so just before we finish up here, let's just look at some other results around the league. Uh, Chelsea crushed Wolves 5-2 with a hat-trick by Tammy Abraham. Uh, he's looked pretty good. He was off to a bit of a, a rough start at the beginning, but he's kind of come into his stride since um, coming back from loan from Aston Villa. Um, Southampton beat Sheffield 1-0. Uh, Watford steal a point from Arsenal, who were up 2-0, and they self-imploded <laughs> in the second half. Did you watch that game? <laughs> yeah. That was, that was, that was actually a really that? fun game. The... <laughs> The, the last 20 minutes of that match was um, some of the most exciting football that I, I've seen, you know, in the last couple of weeks. So I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. So uh, thank you, Watford. Thank you very much. Also, <laughs> a fun announcement. I will be at the Spurs-Watford match at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on October 19th. Oh, I got, uh, well, we're going to have... <laughs> I got some nice tickets. So I'll probably be going live from the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, giving our, uh, our followers... Uh, a live look at the new stadium. Um, probably a nice little tour as well. Um, that is going to be awesome. So it should be fun. When you get back, we're going to do a podcast just about your trip. Yeah. I want to hear all about it. I'll also be at Loftus um, Road, just so you know. Reading QPR on the Tuesday. I'm not sure what that is. The 22nd? Something like that. I'll be at Loftus Road. So that'll be fun. All right. Yeah. That's going to be lots of pictures, man. I want to see lots of pictures. And we're going to talk about when you get back. I'm excited. That's gonna be a great trip. I'm I'm actually extremely jealous right now. It's gonna be nothing like the League of Notion match that I went to. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Bournemouth defeated Everton three uh, one, and then Burnley and Brighton both share a point each in their one one draw. Um, so I mean, it was like I said, it was a pretty good weekend for football. Um, the biggest surprise coming was the Norwich City, um, and then I mean, coming up this weekend, we're gonna have. Um, there's going to be some great matches this weekend as well. Um, I want to see what your predictions are. So we got the early kickoff on Saturday. Uh, Spurs, Leicester. What are your predictions? Uh, Spurs. Was Spurs? I really going to okay. say anything else? It's got to be Spurs. <laughs> Three points. Three points? All right. Now, what about United-West Ham? That's going to be a good one. I mean, West Ham's been in pretty good form. United, decent form. But I, I feel like that's a bit of a toss-up. I'm going to say United. United, three points. United? Yep. All right, and then the last one I want to ask you, uh, Chelsea-Liverpool. Oh, uh, I think that, honestly, I think Big Frank uh, steals some points here from from Jurgen. Uh, I'm going to say Chelsea's at home or they're away? Uh, Chelsea's at home. I'm going to say Chelsea wins at home. All right, yeah. You're taking a victory for Chelsea. Yeah, I also I need like Liverpool to drop points because we can't get them too far ahead now. <laughs> All right, so just quickly, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Spurs are gonna beat Leicester. I'm gonna say it's two one. Uh, I think United are gonna beat West Ham. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a three one win for Man United. Um, and I think that Liverpool and Chelsea are gonna share the points. I'm gonna say it's gonna be a two two draw. Uh, and one of those goals is gonna come from Tammy Abraham. Um, only one. So yeah, th- those are <laughs> only one, just one. <laughs> Um, so that is uh, those are my predictions, and uh, yeah, I mean we'll we'll catch up next week and we'll look at the uh, these fixtures and uh, we're gonna see what happens. But I mean I'm really excited that the Premier League's back. This is you know the best time of the year now with Champions League coming in. Um, I mean I think it's just gonna be a, a great season, and I'm looking forward to sharing it with you. I am also looking forward to sharing it with you, sir, because I love the Premier League, and just to be able to talk about it on the regulars is uh, amazing. 
<laughs> you are too kind. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for us here on the XI Network podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, remember that you can check us out at www.xinetwork.ca. Um, and while you're at it, guys, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever podcatching network you use. Um, and for myself, Justin Borrell, this has been Peter Robinson. Uh, yes, this has been Peter Robinson talking about the English Premier League today. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you next week.